Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All three Stooges are here with you this time around, Nate, Aaron, and Kyle, and we have an action-packed episode of the show. We're going to be reviewing... AWA Wrestle Rock 86. So that's going to be fun. We're also like we're also all going to be presenting to you a couple, I have a couple of what we would call probably unpopular opinions that we have in pro wrestling and rounding out the show we'll discuss some some of our favorite musical artists. I kind of made, when Kyle, when you came up with that, I kind of made a couple of lists because I wasn't sure. I started thinking about it. I was like, by artists, do we mean just in general bands, soloists, et cetera, et cetera? So I wasn't sure exactly. I should have got some clarity on that, I guess. I'll, whatever. We'll go with whatever you guys want to go with. All right. That works for me. However. And um, other than that, before we start talking about Wrestle Rock, I do want to. Uh, Unfortunately, discussed the passing of Silver King um, this past weekend. Kind of a sad state of affairs. He was always one of my favorite like mid-card luchadors in WCW. Had some great work in CMLL and AAA. And what I wanted to say, and I don't know if you guys saw any of the video, I'm actually kind of disgusted with that promotion, the terrible referee they had, and the unbelievable unprofessionalism of Juventud Guerrera in the situation. And here's why I say that. First of all, the referee just stands there like a fucking idiot, does nothing, cues to nobody, nothing. And the reason I say that even though, obviously, it was it was an accident that Silver King had a heart attack during the match... Juventud Guerrero's been wrestling for, what, over 20 years? He, You don't think he can feel that something like that is, is going on, you know, in the match? Like, this guy has just stopped. Do, you know what I'm saying? And then he just continued. He just continued. He, like, he pinned him, and he kept celebrating in the ring. And I don't know. I just found it to be kind of kind of disgusting, really. Kind of well, kind of shitting on Hoovy here, but, I mean, I, it, I didn't. Think it, I thought it was very classless what he did. Well, I think it's also classless. The fact is that you fucking because of course as soon as you tell me like, hey man, um, he passed away. It was like, fuck. All right, so I go look up information on it, and of course there's fucking video of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. That is the age that we live in. Everything's on fucking cell phone video now. Like, I don't need to. See, we don't need to see that. I'm sorry. You just 
it's it's disgusting. But what I will say is if you want to look at some good Silver King, I put up one of my favorite Silver King matches with Chris Jericho from a Nitro on the uh in the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group um last I night. So, I was so choked up about it I forgot to I forgot to write down my unpopular opinions. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll you skip mine. What's that? They want to skip mine. <laughs> or I'm sure I'm sure you can think of something, one unpopular opinion you have. Instead of that, I'm gonna give my my stupid gimmicks. Oh, you have some gimmicks. That's right. I forgot about that. That's on. That's also on the lineup. We'll talk about you guys' unpopular opinions and why they're wrong, and then I'll do my gimmicks. So, do either one of you gentlemen have anything before we dive into 1986 AWA? Well, actually, I got a uh, I got a tweet here from Toots Mont. Oh, Toots tweets. I thought he was yeah. dead. No, unfortunately, he's not. <laughs> Just a career of Hoover and Hoover Oil. <laughs> Yeah, that died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. The Jews. Uh, no. It, and he was never in the WWE, by the way. No. Well, especially now. <laughs> Go ahead with the Toots uh, tweet there. But apparently, he says, uh, I understand that Goldberg is going to be in Saudi Arabia. A Jew in the Middle East. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> They're all gonna watch his match with the with the back with their backs turned to it, mm. and I don't think anybody here will be watching that match anyway because I don't watch those fucking shows. I don't either, but I would nowadays watch a lot of Goldberg matches with my back to it. <laughs> <laughs> Not because he's a Jew, just because he sucks. <laughs> I guess that would be my unpopular opinion, eh? Uh, the Goldberg sucks. Goldberg sucks. <laughs> yeah, you probably yeah you probably wouldn't get much uh, support on that Sting, one. Sting is not getting Sting is not getting a hundred dollars from me. <laughs> Motherfucker. A friend of mine said he's giving Sting a hundred dollars. I said fuck that noise. <laughs> Not give Sting a hundred dollars. He's like, but I really want to meet Sting. I'm like, Sting is, Sting is, is boring. I like, okay, I like Sting the wrestler, okay. Mm-hmm. But I hate the, his but music. Steve, Steve Borden the man is boring, and he wasn't, a, and he's not a wrestling fan, okay. Like he didn't get into wrestling because he was a wrestling fan. He got into wrestling because. Somebody spotted him, and they gave him a job, and they trained him, and whatever. But he's boring. <laughs> and he's not, as a human being, like, you're like, hey, Sting, tell us about a cool road story. Well, one day I had a match with Ric Flair, and then I went and I I went to the Denny's, and then I went back to the hotel, and I, I had a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. Watched, you were boring. I watched Tom Brokaw and went to yeah, sleep. Night court and I took a nap. <laughs> you were boring, Sting. Tell you what, I love that and bull. And he, and he's not and he's not funny. Like you can be boring but be funny, but you can't be boring and unfunny. <laughs> like, you 
can't be both. Like, uh, like Ole Anderson is is a boring man, okay? Like he lived a boring life. But his crotchetiness it, is funny. Yeah, but but he's funny as hell, you know? <laughs> like just the assholeian things he says are funny. If you ever get a chance, I forget like, what. Have you ever watched any kind of shoot thing or anything with Sting? Yeah. Um. Fucking boring. Yeah, it is. You're right. I've never watched the whole thing. I've watched clips. Because it's fucking boring. If you guys ever... This horrible fucking... uh, What was that horrible fucking TNA... uh, I didn't watch TNA, so I don't know. What was that, Kyle? That horrible TNA retrospective, like, Moment of Truth. Oh, yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, no one else did either. (laughs) That was the fucking problem. If you you ever want to laugh at crotchety Ole Anderson... Ole Anderson. Yeah, I said it right. If you ever want to laugh at crotchety Ole Anderson, look up. There was an interview he did on Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer. Listening to Dave Meltzer and Ole Anderson do an interview is hilarious because Dave will ask him a question. And, like, with every question, you know, just like Dave's like, well, you know, back in 86, you and Dusty, blah, 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 blah. And after every question, Ole's like, you see, that's the problem. You have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know anything. You've been writing this rag for. I mean, he's just like every question Dave asks him. Like, see, that's the problem. You don't know anything. You think you know everything, but you don't know anything. It's just, it's, it's fucking hilarious. It's like an hour of that. Uh, just, it's just an hour of Ole Anderson shitting on Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer takes it. It's probably probably because it's funny, and two, it's Ole Anderson. <laughs> if you I read like my book, Jim, if you read like my book, shit. you might learn something. I like that shit where Jim Cornette says he walked into that territory and was like, "You guys got to stop this. Stop what? All of it. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Stop. Like not a particular angle." <laughs> Just the whole thing. All of it. We need a new name. We <laughs> trash. I brought these thirty guys. That's your new roster. <laughs> Fuck this place. <laughs> All right, so AWA Wrestle Rock eighty six. And ladies and gentlemen, it is available on the WWE network. This is not like a watch along. We're not doing that. No, no. We're just reviewing the pay per view or show, mega show or whatever it was. I don't believe it was even on pay per view. Um, and it was, but then fucking everyone demanded their money back. (laughs) The show took place April twentieth, nineteen eighty six. Probably because you'd have to be high to really like it. Actually did 23,000 in the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, once, Minnesota. Though. What's that? What? It didn't do 2,300 people or 23,000 people like all at once. Oh, no, no. They, they gradually started showing up. <laughs> and I was going to save this till the end, but I'm just going to say it now. If you watch the end of the show, when that main event ends... Those people leave that arena like somebody turned the goddamn fire alarm on. Like, they're gone. <laughs> what did you say? Hang on. What did you say that the uh, 
the the crowd was that night? Twenty three thousand. Yeah, because they have uh, for fucking American football, they can, uh, the capacity is sixty four thousand. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, you can definitely tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not act like. Yeah, they probably could have done this show in your local sports arena and been all right, but so we have uh at first when i gotta say though when this show first started mm-hmm. for maybe about i gotta remember like watching it like the visual of it at first thought my first thought was man gary michael capetta gary michael capetta has a wonderful lady singing voice. damn it you stole my joke <laughs> I have right here Gary Michael Capetta singing a stirring rendition of the national anthem. And his lady singing. <laughs> Did you notice that, Kyle, at the beginning? Yes. <laughs> oh, it was so fucking bad. It, it was funny. And like and the network like I think that's like the they first didn't even clean it up. <laughs> no, and the network, like when you hit play, that's the first thing you see. Yeah, it's Gary Michael Capetta <laughs> singing like a lady. <laughs> There's no introduction or anything. <laughs> but yeah, I have the same thing here. I had that written down as well. So we start the event off with Brad Riggins, or Ringens, or however you say the guy's name. I always say Regans, but I think depends it's actually I think it's actually Ringens. What? Depends on, it depends on where you're at. Like kind of like Hennig. Like Mike Rotundo and Hennig. Hennig. Well, I say Brad Riggins. And uh, he defeated Boris Zukov. And what, what? it wasn't a terrible match. Yeah, like, Zukov had, like, a Chiquita banana sticker on his forehead. <laughs> and, like, a Mongol haircut. It's like, what's going on? Well, the, the thing that I wrote down about that match was the match wasn't bad, but fuck Ron Trongard. Yeah. Any, anybody uh, that knows me knows I have an unbridled, passionate hatred for Ron Trongard. And I've his big afro. The, I've, I've given him the nickname Ron Garbage Fire Tron. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty fucking close. Maybe a dumpster fire, but I hate that fucking guy. Like, I watched some of those old like WWF stuff from when he went there in, what, 87, 88? And I just hate even the fact that when they get the, the long shot of the ring that I can see the back of his big stupid fro head. Big perm. <laughs> I hate that fucking guy. Anyway, hey, hey, Kyle. Yes. Uh, did you pick up on the fact that I hate Ron Trongard yet? Or oh, I, I got it. <laughs> He's got his, his big perm and his pinky rings. <laughs> yeah. You're not gorilla monsoon. You're, that pink <laughs> You're not even chimpanzee monsoon. You yeah. fuck. <laughs> so anyway, anything else on Zukov and Regans here? No. Brad Regan's apparently a badass trainer, by the way. Trained yeah, a lot of... Brad Regan's the badass human being yeah. and was actually very very good. Mm-hmm. And I I just think it's the fact that, like, you know, he wasn't the tallest guy in the world and he couldn't talk. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, the match didn't offend me. It wasn't terrible. And Regan's defeats Boris Zukov. And the place is starting to fill up. And then I have one question. And I'm going to ask this question quite a bit throughout the show. About multiple different people. They introduce a man, and I want to know, who the fuck is Gary Lumpkin? (laughs) Wasn't that like a local... I don't have it written down. Wasn't that one of the local... I don't know. They're just introducing these random... (laughs) 
So who the fuck is Gary Lumpkin? The the next thing I have written down on my notes is Little Mr. T? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> That's the Haiti kid. I know, but Little Mr. T, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Little Tokyo, Little Lord, Little Brook, Little Mr. T, and Cowboy Lang, who Ric Flair said had a big old, <laughs> big old dong. And actually, Cowboy Lang, for one of the midget wrestlers back in that group of midget wrestlers back in the day, was actually pretty damn good, really. But, uh, yeah, the Little Mr. T thing... And then during this match, for absolutely no reason, some laser sound effect goes off. <laughs> Anybody else notice that? Yes. Like, like, I thought, oh, man, that has something to do with something later on, you know, and they accidentally hit the wrong button or something. But there's nothing later on that has anything to do with a laser effect. <laughs> the match is just going on, and it's like, <laughs> Larry Larry Nelson was doing a line of coke off the soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready, people? <laughs> You know what's funny? This is the second best match on the show. It has, actually yes. I was I wrote down here also not a bad match. Yeah, it's a little short. But, <laughs> what yeah. What did you think of the midgets there, Kyle? <laughs> that was I'm sorry. I'm talking like we're doing a show in the '80s. I'm not allowed to no, say that. No, professional <laughs> wrestling is still the only place like it's acceptable <laughs> to say midgets. To say midgets. Like when you go to an independent show, when you go to an independent show, they don't go, the following match is a little person match. <laughs> or a dwarf match. <laughs> the guy just stands up in front of everybody and goes, yo, it's a midget match. <laughs> I, think like, yeah. I think Hornswoggle said it best. He's like, you put fucking little person wrestling on the fucking marquee, it ain't selling you put midget wrestling on, and it fucking sells out. So exactly. I don't know if uh, it sells out. Fucking but... <laughs> <laughs> people like the midget wrestling. It's a fun attraction. Yeah, it's it a... is. It's a. It's a. You know, and of course they would have it here on the wrestle rock or on. Yes. And did you? Uh, did you? As soon as they come out, I was like, "Oh, fucking of course." <laughs> Little Mr. T, I can't get over it. But Gary Michael Capetta also Gary Michael Capetta also starts to introduce Little Tokyo as being from Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> he's reading the wrong card. He like starts interview like introducing him under uh, little 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 Mr. T's shit because <laughs> he's like from Chicago, Illinois, and like he looks at like Little Tokyo and he's like, I'm sorry. From Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> yeah, he fucks up. He probably did a bump with uh, Larry Nelson. The next match wasn't good. Well, here's what I wanted to say real quick. Oh, Sorry sure. About, but, unfortunately, you only have one person who's, he can say it, but how pissed off do you think Brad Riggins and fucking Porzukov were? They're like, we went out before the goddamn midgets. Before the goddamn midgets. I'm Brad Regan's, goddammit. I wouldn't want to follow them midgets. They had the best match <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so how about Colonel DeBeers and Wahoo McDaniel? How about it? <laughs> how about it? I thought it was garbage. 
It was. The <laughs> <laughs> bears. The bears. The bears is is trash. I hate that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stupid gimmick. He's got a stupid face and a stupid mustache. And I don't know how he got so much heat in Minnesota where everybody's fucking white anyway. I I just I don't know. I don't I don't get it. The <laughs> bears. The bears. So Wahoo just chops the beers and uh that's pretty much the match for five minutes. He chops the bears and then after he goes and puts down the bears. <laughs> yes, which that probably would have been much cooler to okay. to to experience drinking some beers with Wahoo than watching him wrestle Colonel the beers. So that was an abortion. Anything else on that? Nope. Next, the next note I have on on my sheet here is Buck Zumhoff yuck. Uh, the, I have a couple of things. Okay. Uh, first off, one of them is, who the fuck is Chuck Legrand? <laughs> oh, yeah, they do another one of those introduction things. Yes. And then... Um, and then there's... Oh, go ahead. The AWA uh, tried to say this was, this was almost akin to WrestleMania 2 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and that they... Um, Drew more people than the Crockett Cups combined, which they really did. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it was good. And then before um, the human piece of fucking garbage, Buck Sumhoff comes out, I have another question. Hmm. Who the fuck is Paul Gill? <laughs> Wrestle Rock, the show of who the fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, who's uh, uh, who's that? <laughs> who, is that? who the fuck is that? Um, and then there's like before Zoomoff does his garbage promo or whatever. Gar- like, there's like this. What's that going on in that promo? And then there's an there. Well, and then if you notice, they have like the camera, and there's like an awkward like AWA had terrible production for this thing. Like there's an awkward thing where you see. Like Larry Nelson and or not Larry Nelson, but other mustache guy, um, Ken Resnick. Ken Resnick, and and Zoomhoff standing down there, but they're like preparing to do their promo, and it's awkward because Zoomhoff's like standing, then he's sitting, then they're talking. Like you can hear them talking about their promo, and then they and introduce that, the- and they just fucking ruin it. Like, <laughs> you can't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> Any of them are saying the music's terrible. Like. Like, why do you have a boombox next to a giant metal microphone? <laughs> it's not going to work, Buck Zoomoff. And could they have not found a worst opponent for Tiger Mask? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, why is this man wrestling Tiger Mask? Why? Why is this fucking happening? <laughs> Vern Gagne was like, we have a great idea for you. To wrestle here tonight. His name's Buck Zumoff. <laughs> like, like, even even if you didn't know what type of person Buck Zumoff was, you know, because back know, then, if you didn't you know didn't, what, yeah, if you didn't know what type of person he is, you know what type of wrestler he is. Yeah, this is this is trash. <laughs> like Tiger Mask is in, I don't know. God damn it. 
just makes me mad. Like, why wouldn't you like bring in like Hector Guerrero or something other than this? It's like building up. I I, I equate it to building up Kurt Henning going into WrestleMania six. And then he has a match with Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. You know? Or, or hey, we're going to bring over, like, you know, I don't know. Like the WWE's, like, we're going to bring over the Great Muda. Finally, the Great Muda's coming. Yeah? Who's he going to fight? He's going to fight Mojo Raw. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking serious? <laughs> At WrestleMania. Bullshit. Actually, you talk about this, the better. <laughs> All right, moving on then. Because uh, Tiger Mask beats Zoom off. Um. <sighs> now we talk about. You know what? I don't. I don't understand. I never understood. <sighs> Microtunda and Barry Windham. Boring. Um. They were boring in the WWE. And I like Barry Windham. And I like Mike Rotunda as a heel. IRS. But I do not like those two together. I don't know. Like Rotunda like sucks the charisma out of Barry Windham. And. But they're going to be in a tag match next. And AWA is so desperate for business. They're like three times they refer to these guys. You were just the WWF tag team champions. And they fight the fabulous ones, and it's a good match. Yes, it is. Steve Kern gets caught popping birds in the crowd. And <laughs> <laughs> getting introduced and fucking flips them off. Uh, and there's a... Speaking of the their production... This the, probably the, honestly, this is probably the best match on the show. But, um... Yeah, it, yeah. I, I agree. The, the, uh... The Harley Race Martel match was good too, but um, yeah, it was as good as this. Anything on this one, Kyle? No, not really. At this point, I'm fucking like, God damn, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard to watch this. Like, it was at this point, just like, fuck. Well, it's your fault, Kyle. <laughs> you put it in there. So now we move on to what is not a good match. Oh my god, <laughs> this is the worst match on the show. Giant Baba and oh, Bulldog, Bulldog Bob, Bob, Brown. Bob Brown. And this is what this I was going to question of like, who the fuck? <laughs> like, hey, Baba, Bulldog Bob Brown. This is another thing where I, I was going to say the production of the show was terrible because they have the show poorly mic'd. Because there's a guy in the audience that during this match and then during the Kamala match, the Slaughter Kamala match, you can hear him. Like the whole, like, but they're introducing this guy, obviously, obviously is a big Bob Brown mark too. Because you hear this guy yelling at Bob Brown Bob Brown, the Central States champion. Bob Brown's gonna fuck you up, Baba. Bob Brown's the Central States champion. So the loudest, drunkest fuck in the arena was miked, apparently, at this show. I don't know if you guys noticed him or not, but Yeah, like... his name was Larry Nelson. 
Look how yeah, Baron Von Rosky. Bob Brown's the Central States champion. champion. Fuck him up. <laughs> uh, so Giant Baba beats Bulldog Bob Brown in this garbage match. Match sucked a dick. I've probably three stars. I've probably seen I don't know in my life I've probably taken the time to watch four or five entire Giant Baba matches and I've never been entertained by a one of them. Apparently a really great promoter and a good guy, but not that's, that's wonderful. Not a fan of Giant Baba. Not just I don't know. I don't know if you guys have watched more of his shit than I have, but nope. Can't say that I have. I haven't hated myself that much. <laughs> so next again, I got the um Who what the I fuck is Dick Jazanowski. <laughs> <laughs> Jasanowski or whoever this guy is. Is this the one? Is this the? I don't know, I don't know who these people are. Well, there's one mat. There's one match where they introduce like this radio guy from Minneapolis that does ring introductions, and he's terrible. I can't remember which match it was though. It might be this one. But we have a pretty good match between Harley Race and Rick Martel that ends in a double countout. Not a lot to say about the match. I mean, it was. It was a good, it was as good as you would expect from two real pros like Race and Martel. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else on it, but I mean, you know, Harley's perm was looking great. <laughs> oh yes, nice, it it's was. Just, it's nice to see a match where like two wrestlers don't look exactly alike. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not like the same age and came from like the same school. Mm-hmm. So they only learn how to wrestle each other. They um, but yeah, like I said, I, I don't know I. I, I think you're probably right, Aaron, that Wyndham and Rotunda's tag match was the best. I was at, That was probably the best match, but I actually, like I said, I think I enjoyed this match better, personally. Yeah. Anything on this one, Kyle? No. Nope. And up next, up next, coming to the Russell Rock, Rumble 86, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lady Cop Battle Royal. <laughs> Bring out Nineteen eighties, ladies, cops. Oh, I had to go back to Wikipedia. I had to go into Wikipedia to look at the because I didn't remember who all the participants were. But just for the listeners, we'll run it down here. Sherry Martell wins this battle royal that also involves Luna Vachon, Joyce Grable, who I think he introduces as Lorraine Vachon when she gets in the ring. Ah, I don't remember that. I have to go back and. He says, Lorraine Vachon. Cat <laughs> LaRue. Lash LaRue's mother. <laughs> Rose Divine. Rose Not-So-Divine. Taylor Thomas. Despina Montagas. Misty Blue Sims. Debbie Combs. And Candy Divine. In a 10-woman women's battle royal. Ladies Cop Battle Royal. <laughs> Sherry wins it. These people is a man, is a man named, named Stu Voigt, and I only have one question: Who the fuck is Stu? <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? <sighs> it's funny. Huh? <laughs> Martel pulls a Bobby Heenan on this thing too. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad for what it was. Kind of seeing a young Luna Vachon out there. I always liked Luna Vachon. And at the end of the Battle Royal, 
we actually get to see uh, of all AWA that I've ever watched, which I have to admit, I have to admit, isn't a ton, but of all the AWA I've ever watched, my favorite act in the history of the AWA is Sherry Martell, Buddy Rose, and Doug Summers. Yeah, like we, that's what like I'm watching that, and you know what? You know what? Why not have like Playboy Buddy ooh. fight Tiger Mask? Right. Well, actually, the fun. The funny thing is, though, if you look at the, if you look at, like, I think, I think, Mister 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 Electricity Stephen Regal was there at the time. Why not have Stephen Regal fight him? This was, I like, out of everything I saw on this show, I'm like, why the fuck is this happening? (laughs) (laughs) If I was Tiger Mask, I would have been like Rock Roo, and just left. I don't know why, because I just well, I just looked this up on like I said, I looked it up on Wikipedia to see who the participants in the battle royal were, because I couldn't remember all the names, and apparently, and this isn't on the WWE Network thing, apparently there was also a match at the show with Rose and Summers against the Rockers, but it is oh. it is not on this show that I watched. Because it says between the De Beers Wahoo match and that crappy ass Tiger Mask Buck Zumhoff thing, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers defeated the Midnight Rockers. I guess that explains why it wasn't one of those guys, but still. That Tiger Mask thing is fucking. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we need to. We need to reduce the punch bowl. So now we move along to. Sergeant Slaughter defending the AWA America's Championship against Kamala, who is escorted to the ring by, of course, Skandor Akbar. Or no, is so, it? Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, he's Skandor Akbar. The yeah. worst, the worst, worst, like, I like the guy, but like, worst Arab guy ever. <laughs> he didn't even try. Yeah. He put on a hat. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm I'm from Arabia. <laughs> it's not even called Arabia. That's all right. I'm General Skandor Akbar. <laughs> Didn't even try. <laughs> and, as, and as and as Kamala is walking to the ring, that guy says one. He says, "Go back to Africa." Yes, that's the same guy that's yelling at Bulldog Bob Brown about being the Central States champion. He says, go back to Africa. <laughs> and then another guy pops out and starts smacking his belly and goes, good luck, sugar bear <laughs> And I was like, I like that guy. That <laughs> but I didn't like to go back to Africa guy, but when that dude jumped out and started smacking his belly and said, good luck, sugar bear Well, they like, if you if you notice, they had to bleep the one guy because when Slaughter comes out, he says, fuck him up, Slaughter. It was like, boop him up, Slaughter. <laughs> that fucking drunk dude is like the highlight of the night. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> like ECW. <laughs> ECW fan. So Slaughter defeats Kamala by DQ. Not a very good match. No, no. This was not a very good match. But out of everything you'd seen so far... This got like the people going, mm-hmm. 
Like people were into this shit. They were into slaughter. They want to see slaughter kick Kamala's ass. Like, they were up this thing and send them back to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Sergeant Slaughter has has a, has a rendition of the the Pledge of Allegiance. Correct? Yes. Yes, with a group and of I, kids. And I, that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, who the fuck are those kids? <laughs> I am um, also currently, and this is off topic, but I am also currently watching um, in 1992 wrestling at this point. And do you know one of the most awkward things in the entire world I've ever seen? And I don't remember seeing it when it happened live. I probably did. But as a 40-year-old, one of the most awkward things I've ever seen is in on an episode of Superstars in 92, Gene Okerlund does an interview with The Ultimate Warrior. With a bunch of kids. Yeah. Very awkward. Like, like the kids are all excited to be there with the Ultimate Warrior, but the Ultimate Warrior is obviously not excited to be with the kids. <laughs> and it's just awkward. Like, he's like, you're my little warriors. I have much disdain for you. But anyway, that's off topic, so. And he was an asshole. We all know that. So Slaughter and Kamala went down in the next match in the show, AWA World Tag Team Championship match, Scott Hall and Kurt Henning defending against an underrated tag team, the Irwins, the Long Riders. When Scott when Scott and when Scott was alive and Scott and Bill were together, they were fucking awesome. They were like rowdy. They were really good Texas heels. I'm completely on the other side of that. Really? I really like them together. I don't like I don't like much of Bill's career after Scott died, but I like the I like that tag team. When I saw those, when I see these guys, I'm like, you make the Jayhawks look like the Bristol. <laughs> oh my god, this fucking trash! This <laughs> <is> fucking trash. <laughs> I hate the Jayhawks, so that's really funny. Whoo! Like, I guess we differ on that one. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and Scott Pornstash Hall got an awesome trophy at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of an afterthought thing. Like, here's your trophy. Now wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. You got it from some, like, like Goomba-looking guy in, like, black shades and shit. Yeah, from some, all right. From some wrestling magazine that, like, seven people subscribe to. Yeah. It's like, All-Star Wrestling Review has named Scott Hall the Wrestler of the Year. And it's, and it's, just, and it's just littered with, like, typos. <laughs> names wrong. And... Yeah. <laughs> Colonel DeBars. Yeah. It, it, Colonel DeBars, def- in this event, defeated Wahoop McDaniel by disqualification. <laughs> or McDaniels. Can't figure out if it's ever Wahoo McDaniel or McDaniels, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the biggest mysteries of wrestling. And the reason I don't know is because the wrestlers, half the wrestlers called him McDaniel and half the wrestlers called him McDaniels. And then back in the day, the guys that ran the things that, that run your name across the screen always misspelled shit. So half of that time it says McDaniel and McDaniels. So I have no idea what that dude's fucking real last name was. Anyway. So I, I have to give this thing two stars because I can't like give anything that involves like Scott Hall and Kurt Hennig anything less. But if it wasn't for them, this match would just be butt. Yeah, 
Anything else on that one, guys? Fuck Scott Irwin and his big blue diaper. I shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but that's just how it is. So next is Larry Zabisco against this guy, Scott Ledoux. Ledoux. <laughs> in a boxing match. Which, why the fuck? <laughs> like, professional wrestling was always like, let's have a boxing match. It's like, no. People came here to see professional wrestling. If you wanted wrestling. to see boxing, they would have went and watched boxing. <laughs> we're going to have a boxing match, and they're like, these guys are going to wrestle. They <laughs> they fucking like Tyson and shit. If I want to watch boxing, I'll watch that. Zabisco always did garbage like that in AWA, though. Like, he'd do some martial arts thing, or... I liked the I liked Go Ninja, Go with the Ninja, and all, like... I'm all about Larry Zabisco, and he was entertaining in this, for the most part, but I don't want to see a boxing match. Like, they yeah. could have done this. I'm going to be... Scott Ledoux, Scott Ledoux, or whatever, was like a... A referee and all this other shit or whatever. They wanted to get around it, but they could have they could have just had it be something else. I'm gonna be honest. I clicked the next button when this started. I didn't have any interest in watching it, so I skipped and, it. And go go the go the nin- well, So you didn't see how it ended or anything? No, I saw the ending. I didn't see. I didn't watch the body of the match though. I just so you saw whoever go. I don't know who plays go the ninja. Um. Really find out and i didn't really care about the awa right but that dude is super terrified of larry hennig <laughs> yes he's not, he's not acting like larry hennig's trying to do something to him and that go the ninja dude's just like fuck it get out of there. <laughs> like larry hennig tries to like whip him off the ropes and he's gonna like hit him with a clothesline or a axe handle or something and go ninja was like nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go <laughs> That was the thing that I thought was like he brought poor fucking axe into this thing. But it, it, yeah, it was a dud, and yeah, Larry Zabisco was comical in it. I like Larry Zabisco, but other than that, so I didn't miss anything by skipping it. No. Up next, we have the AWA World Championship match. Not a bad match at all. Hansen and Bachwinkle. The, I like the thing. Like, Stan Hansen the, comes in and just beats the fuck out of yeah, it. I, like, yeah. like, I love it because it's really quiet. Yeah. And Trogar's like, oh my God, you guys, I don't know if you saw, but Larry Nelson took a stiff one there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have written down here uh, Hansen beats the shit out of Nelson. And for, it, no for no reason, and it was like I said, it was really quiet. <laughs> like, like, like Larry Nelson finally gets back up there, and Ron Trongard's like, "Well, the only person that knows why we did that was Stan Hansen." <laughs> <laughs> even Larry Nelson's like, "I didn't get a word out. I don't know what happened. Can't even remember my name right now." Yeah, like, Tell me why you think you might not win this match or anything like that. You just beat the fuck out of him for reason. <laughs> it's it's my second it's my second favorite Saint Hansen thing I've ever seen. The first one is about I, his fat kids and fat wife. 
Well, that and I like when they when they rank him number six in WCW, and he's like six, six. I ain't ever been six in anything in my goddamn life. <laughs> I like it when he says, "I got two fat kids and a fat wife at home that I need to like support." And everything, but he says that quite a bit, you know. But it's just like this, like specific thing. He's like, "I ain't ever been six in anything in my goddamn." <laughs> Because he's not like on the mic. He's just ranting and raving. Yeah. That dude was awesome. So next we start a trio of steel cage matches. Which Bachwinkle won that match by DQ. Oh, yes. And I also have here that um, if you want to see, if if you're not um, educated in Nick Bachwinkle or not, uh, you know, a newer fan that doesn't know a lot about Nick Bachwinkle, watch this because um, after the match, Nick Bachwinkle shows you one promo 101. Very good promo after the match by Nick Bachwinkle about wanting a rematch with Stan Hansen, how he's not done with him yet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But just the way Bachwinkle delivers it, that's how you do a wrestling promo. Yeah, God forbid that it's the biggest show for AWA and, Fuck it, let's have a disqualification on it. <laughs> they had a disqualification on a lot of stuff. Yeah. They did a lot of non-finishes here. They were like WWE. WWE right now is much like AWA at this time, kind of spiraling out of control. But anyway, we start a trio of cage matches. Yes. None uh, of them good. Well, I shouldn't say. This one's okay. Greg Ganya. And Superfly Snooka, which I think I read about a little bit about this event before I watched it. And I guess I didn't know, you know, you don't know anything going into it. But I guess originally when they started this whole thing, this wasn't supposed to be Snooka. It was supposed to be Jerry Blackwell. And then something happened with Blackwell, so they took him out of the program and Snooka came back, so they put him in it. Thank God that happened. (laughs) And they are facing... AWA's Barbarian, who is actually John Nord slash Viking, Berserker, what have you. Johnny Graffiti. <laughs> Not Johnny Graffiti. Oh, no, that was uh, that, that was, was Jimmy, Jimmy Del, Del Rey. Rey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm editing that out because I sounded like an idiot. <laughs> John Nord is Johnny Graffiti's no, great, no, no, though. No, no, no. We're going to edit out the Johnny Graffiti. What a totally different gimmick, man. <laughs> and they're facing, or John Nord here is known as the Barbarian. Yeah, I'd redo this whole fucking thing. In the AWA. And of course, they're using the name King Kong Brody instead of Bruiser well, Brody. It's because of the Crusher and Bruiser. Yeah. And which is effect, stupid. Huh? Which is stupid. But anyway. And the fact that fucking Greg Gagne has any type of offense against either one of these guys is a fucking joke. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> he looks like a substitute English teacher. <laughs> like Greg Gagne is one of them guys that like looked old when he was like 22. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's not 22 here, but... Well, and he's also... I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of the Ganyas. Either one of them. Nah, not really. And Ganya is actually... Uh, like, he has a terrible look. <laughs> he has yeah. a terrible ring presence. 
Um, he is, he is, um, the epitome of I'm in this because my dad said that I can be that kind of a thing. You know, like the Von Erics, the Von Erics were, well, three of them were good performers without having to be their father's sons, even though that's the way Fritz played it up. Does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. Like the, the you know David Carey and Kevin Von Erich could have been wrestlers even if they weren't you know we are the sons of Fritz. Yeah, like it could, his name could have been like Carey Calhoun, and he's so what I got over. Right. Yeah, but Greg Gagne is only over in Minnesota because his dad is 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 Vern Gagne. He he never so could he saying. Greg Gagne never could have went to the WWF and you know he'd have been David San Martino. <laughs> And he said Blackwell was supposed to team with him or whatever? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Jerry Blackwell. Like, the only thing that saved this match was the fact that Jimmy Snuka was in it. And when he was in, it was fun. Like, it was a good, decent brawl when mm-hmm. Snuka was there with Nord or Brody. But other than that, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. So, uh, Ganya and Superfly win this match. Which brings out Vern the Crippler Ganya. <laughs> To face Adnan Al Casey, uh, he gets he gets to uh, have a match with Adnan because of the victory in this match. And then at the end of the match, after he beats Al Casey up for about six minutes and beats him, then he says, "If you notice to the commentators, this is my last one for real." Like, okay, Vern. <laughs> Whatever you say, buddy. Whatever you say. How many times have you retired and you're not going to wrestle anymore? And Get the fuck out of here. So this terribly... Un... <laughs> the fuck? Who the fuck is Vern Gagne? No, he's God to those people. But he was trash. <laughs> he's trash. Didn't say that. So we wrap this, uh, this, this popcorn fart of a show up. Was something that you thought would be really good, but and it was so boring. Exactly what I said. This match, I thought it was going to be good, and I found myself like reading Facebook. <laughs> you know, like I was just not interested. The Road Warriors hey, garbage. The Road Warriors against Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. It's just a shame. Yeah, it wasn't good. On paper, on paper, it's like, oh, in a fucking steel cage. But the Road Warriors are about to be on their way out here. And I think uh, Hayes and Garvin were, too, about to be on their way out. So maybe the four guys just didn't give a fuck. I don't know. But it definitely was not a good match. Not what you would expect from the Road Warriors and and the uh, future Freebirds here at the Super Clash. Or Super Clash. Wrestle Rock. Um, But like I said, after the match was over, man, them people fucking booked it out of there. Like, they were like, we got to work in the morning <laughs> or something. Because th- that place emptied out like like it filled with noxious gas or something. I, could, I was like, damn. Well, it was filled with noxious gas the whole night. <laughs> Name was fucking... on Krongard. You got fucking dad's going like, we ain't ever going to get the fuck out of here if we don't go now. Ron Trongard. Fuck Ron Trongard. He's re- Ron Trongard and... Byron Saxton, fuck them both. Hate them. Hate them. I'd rather listen to the Duke of Dorchester commentate 
than Ron Trongard, and that's the straight-up truth. And there's actually a match on the WWE Network when the motherfuckers commentate together. And I was like, I don't care if this is Dynamite Kid versus Bret Hart. I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm Ron Trongard with the Duke of Dorchester. No, you're not. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> All right. The All right. Duke of Dorchester... Mike McGirt and Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard's pretty fucking rough. <laughs> it, it is. It's bad, but Pritchard will tell you that. Yeah, he was like, I fucking <laughs> He didn't want to do it anyway. <laughs> he will not say he was bad at anything either. Like, Right. And he will, even if he knows it's bad, he will lie. But yeah, he was like, I fucking suck. <laughs> didn't want to do it. Wasn't good at it. <laughs> All right, so out of uh, what five stars? What do you guys give Wrestle Rock eighty six from the AWA? A fucking one. Aaron, I would say that's about accurate. There's like twelve matches on this thing, and two of them are good. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. So I think we're kind of a general consensus that this was a one to one and a half. I'd say one and a half stars. Um, I think the three steel cages matches fucking costed a half a star. Because you don't want to have too many of the same gimmick. Yeah, like the fuck was that about? Good. Right. The um. Yeah, so one and a half stars for this this thing, and uh, hopefully we don't have to watch any more of these AWA shows. Put ourselves through it. However. You Maybe got certain people didn't put it on there. You got to give Gary Michael Capetta credit. He gave Aretha Franklin a run for her money. Hell of a singing voice. <laughs> you who know didn't have good singing voices? Who? Every single person who fucking sang that goddamn song. <laughs> the Wrestle Rock Rumble? Yeah. That's a fun video to watch also folks if you want to look that well, up on YouTube. Oh, it's fun to watch when you're drunk and laughing. It's hot garbage. Don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what they show people in hell on repeat. (laughs) That and anything Celine Dion. Yes. Here's Celine Dion and the Wrestle Rock Rumble. So on that note, we'll take a break. And um, when we come back, we will discuss... uh, Some unpopular opinions, and Aaron has some funny gimmicks for us, too. So, I'm looking forward to that. We will be right back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast after this. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle here with you. And uh, just some side notes here before we start our next segment. Wanted to let everybody know that uh, you can join our Facebook group. The group is open, so if you look it up, it's the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook group. Uh, We have uh, quite a few followers on there now. People in the group uh, love the participation 
Um, I try to post a couple, a, a couple to a few discussion topics every week on there. And then, of course, you can feel free if you're already a, a member to post anything on the group you'd like to. Um, also, like and share our Facebook page and the podcast with your friends. And if you listen on Apple, iTunes, or Google Play, <clears throat> give us a five-star rating and comment on that. That helps the show's exposure as well. And um, one more thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, please check out the links that I post to the group and the Facebook page for the GoFundMe. For a friend of the show, Jerry Gray, who is battling stage four cancer, every little bit you can give to Jerry helps him out. And, um, and you know, he's, he's depleted his funds uh, in his battle with cancer, and every, every penny helps out with food, medical supplies, anything Jerry needs. So give anything you can to the Jerry Gray GoFundMe. And, of course, like I said, every couple times a week I post a link to that on the Facebook group and the Facebook page as well. Um, unless there's anything else you guys want to mention, we will uh, roll on here. No good. All right. So we're going to talk about some unpopular opinions that we have. And uh, I'm going to start here by saying that a lot of people give a lot of hate to this guy. But there was a good period in his career. I think that from 1989 until he left WCW in 1992, Lex Luger was pretty fucking good. Yes, yes he was. No, I guess it's not as unpopular as I, an opinion as I thought. I mean, I just, you know, as a face or a heel, he was fucking over. He had good matches. Um... The only thing I can say is, like, Luger, and it is what it is, Luger was never a good promo guy. But. No, al allocades. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. What do you think about that, Kyle, what I just said? I mean, I know a lot of people hate on Luger. You know, I see general hatred out there for Luger, and I just think that that, that two- to three-year period of his career, he was actually really good. He like stopped Tony caring Sh after that. Like Tony Schiavone talks about his promos. And it's like a bunch of rambling and slurring of words. And point your finger, extend your thumb, and draw a line. <laughs> Pretty much it. And you don't you don't you don't think about it until he says it. Yeah. And Luger does not. He cannot point like just like regular. He has to have his thumbs extended <laughs> out all the time. And he always cross. He always draws a line in the air. <laughs> so what do you think about that one, Kyle? You agree with me? Disagree with me? I agree with you. I I think that any time that he was in WCW, he was definitely a lot better. Mm. It, it it helped that he had he just he had that that Southern style, you know, like he was made for. I don't think he was ever made for like the New York territories and stuff. He was basically a you know nwa wcw southern wrestler type of guy it didn't hurt that he was lined up with like staying ricky steamboat brian pillman you know he had those barry windham rick he had flair those guys with him rick flair yeah i mean that and he had badass entrance music in wcw yeah. then that music's cool yeah. as hell I, I like I liked him and Harley together. Mm -hmm. the, now, one thing I will disagree with you, Kyle. You said that he was 
always better in WCW. See, once he comes back to WCW in 95, during the Monday Night Wars, I could live without Lex Luger. He's hot garbage. Well, And I know, I know, when he beat Hogan, I mean, it was a big deal and people went ape shit and stuff. But I just, overall, by that point, WCW, I mean, he was just getting a paycheck and... And those people went ape shit for the same reason I just said, like, you know, why he had a good run. Because he was in there with Hulk Hogan. You know, right. if that would have been if that would have been Lex Luger beating the giant for like the WCW championship, it wouldn't nobody would have gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. He was in there it was the same thing. He was in there when he was he was in there with great faces that could sell for him and make him look like a million bucks, and then he was in there with a great heel. It made him look like a million bucks, mm-hmm. you know? So, unless there's anything else on Monsieur Luger. I just, I think he sucked when he was, what was it, 1999? When he oh. started the whole package thing? Oh, God. 1999 oh. sucks. Like, <laughs> there's a few good things in there, like Ric Flair at the Asane Asylum and stuff like that, but... Yeah, it was 99 as a whole. Like from 95 to 99 he was bad, but once he started wearing the the tracksuit thing or whatever, god, it's boring. He's just boring. His his act with Elizabeth was boring. His act with with uh with like the the the, the thing with Flair, like all of it, just boring. Just boring. So another unpopular opinion that I have and this um this may or may not strike a chord with a few of our listeners because I know some of our listeners are a fan of this guy. I think that Bruiser Brody is overrated. I didn't really see much of him to, you know, have an opinion either way. I think that if he would have lived and he wouldn't have had the, the, the whole murder thing go down and create kind of a legend... I don't think that there would be as much uh, revelry for Bruiser Brody as there is. I, I've never seen a Bruiser Brody match that I found to be... I'm not saying he was bad, but I don't know that he was much better than Abdullah the Butcher. I don't know. <laughs> I can see that. Aaron, anything on Bruiser? No, it, was, it wasn't a great promo. Um, he no-sold guys all the time, which is bad for business. Um, he, I don't know, I just don't see it. I, I, I think that, that he benefits from, again, because of the tragic way his life ended, which was horrible. Um, I'm not demeaning that in any way. I think he kind of gets a, a pass. And, uh, he was also friends with Dave Meltzer. So Dave Meltzer got him all hyped up in that community. Um, because those people kind of follow Dave like sheep, no offense. Um, but yeah, I just, I think Brody was overrated. (sighs) All right. (laughs) That one didn't spark much debate. I'm indifferent to Bruiser Brody, so. Kyle? Mm -hmm. You have one that I think is going to pop off a little bit actually this one i would like after we record the show or actually after you see that i have posted the show after i've edited it and posted it i want you to post this on the facebook group because i want to see how this pops off with our listeners all right 
Fair enough. Because I disagree with you. <laughs> I I kind of figured when like when I sent it to you all and you guys were like, yeah, there's like no response to it. <laughs> now. What I'm going to ask is to please give me the, my chance to explain and... Oh, I'll let you. <laughs> okay. All right. In my opinion, I think Bret Hart was a little overrated. Not that he wasn't good. Not that he wasn't a great wrestler. But I think he was a little overrated. You got lots of explaining to do, Lucy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So... First off and foremost, think about with Bret Hart. Would it one would he have ever gotten the chance that he got if it wasn't for the steroid trial? Okay. Think about the fact that when he took over as champion, the company kind of started going downhill. Okay. He's I don't want to say he can't draw, but to me, he's kind of like with Triple H. He needs somebody to draw with. Still letting you Just present your case. No, and that's fine. <laughs> Just think about it, okay? When Bret Hart's biggest thing that he did in WWF was what? Probably the Hart Foundation? Yeah, the, the Hart Foundation and Steve Austin feud, yeah. Okay. I mean, that was probably the biggest well, thing right. he did. Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler. Which was Jerry great. It's not good. I don't say it's not good. I just, I mean, it, it's, it's some of those what it is. It's some of the most entertaining shit that ever happened in that company. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving Bret Hart you. Versus Owen Hart is one of the best stories ever told in professional wrestling history. I'm giving okay. you, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt on this one too, because I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm just taking your, I'm taking it that this is your opinion on Brett as a singles. We're not even covering the Hart Foundation tag team. No, I'm okay. talking about Bret Hart as himself. By himself, singles, competitor. Because, you know, everything that I've heard about him is that he took himself way too serious. And for a business that, you know, I don't know how to, how to explain this. We all know that you know, the business is about putting people over and giving up when it's your time. And he complained about, you know, like, oh, Hogan doesn't want to pass the torch. But yeah, he kind of did the same thing, <clears throat> like with Sean and stuff. Well, okay. And everybody, everybody no, said, no, hey, like, hey, hey, Bret Hart might have bitched about putting somebody over, but he went out there and he did it. At the end of the day, he'd go out there and he'd do it. Okay. And where I will. Shawn Michaels looked at him and said, Brett said, I have no problem putting you over. And Shawn Michaels said, thanks. I appreciate that. But I can't say the same thing to you. And where I will argue the point about Michaels, Kyle, mm-hmm. is you're right. He, he had his issues with Shawn, but that's the very thing I'm going to say. He has issues with Shawn because I don't think that there's any. I don't think there's there's any better example other than after Shawn Michaels came back and put a bunch of young guys over after he stopped being an asshole. But I don't think there's a better example of a, a an established star being a douchebag 
putting over a newer star and making a star than Bret Hart with Steve Austin. Bret Hart uh, Bret Hart didn't have a problem putting people over. He had a problem putting Shawn Michaels over because yeah, at that time Shawn Michaels was an asshole. When I said douchebag, I thought you were going to say because Kyle real quick with you say like Bret didn't want to put Shawn Michaels over. All Shawn Michaels wanted to do is work with his buddies. And Shawn yeah, Michaels didn't want to put Shawn Mike Shawn Michaels didn't want to put anybody over. And not even just in the ring, just in in general. He would just shit on people on camera and it wasn't even a way to benefit. Like he But he, see Brett did the same damn thing. No, he didn't. Whether he did it on front of the camera or he did it behind the scenes. Think about it. No, I'm not gonna saw, yeah, I'm not gonna deny he didn't play some politics. I mean and I mean, politics. Well, and I understand that, but Hulk Hogan did the same goddamn thing. That's the reason why Brutus Beefcake has had a fucking job for the last fucking twenty years because <laughs> of Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's well, what it is. I mean, we, yeah, you know, fine. that's fine. And and Hulk Hogan took care of his buddy. He took care of Brutus Beefcake. Okay, but he wasn't always just like I'm only going to work with Brutus Beefcake. No, you're right. He didn't. But see, Brett, at the same time, <clears throat> think about this, okay? Imagine you work for a company that has given you everything that you have, okay? And then you sit there and you tell the boss, like, hey, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to basically hold you up. Because I won't lose a shot in, in Montreal because it's Canada, Fuck gives a shit if it's Canada or it's America. Okay, well you're basing this guy's and you're you're saying this guy's but it's not just that. overrated off of one decision. But it's not just that. Look at WCW, okay? Another example. He goes to WCW and everyone's like, oh, WCW mismanaged him. I think a lot of it's also with Brett. Brett didn't want to fucking do shit. He fucking he says I fucking phoned it in. Making $3 million a fucking year and you're phoning it in. Making $300 million a fucking year and they're doing that creative with it. But see, that's the thing, though. Here's He never fucking changed anything. He never said, hey, I want to do this or let's try that. From Eric Bischoff's mouth himself, he said, fucking Brett just would be like, well, whatever. Well, now you're just saying you're contradicting what you just said there because you were like, he should have done what the people that were paying him were doing. He was doing what the people that were paying him were telling him to do. Perfect example, Hulk Hogan, when he found out... No, that no, I'm saying when he gets to WCW, you say he sucks, but he's doing everything that you said he should have did in the WWF. He's putting guys over. He's doing what's ever asked of him. He's. he's I wouldn't say he was doing what's asked of him, or he's doing, you know... No, he was doing what was asked of him. He, he just said that. He said, Eric Bischoff told, from Eric Bischoff's mouth, do this. Okay, boss, thank you. And he went out there yeah. and he did his job. Okay, well, it, it, Think it's, about it, though. You're, 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 you're painting the guy in a corner. Well, I mean, think okay, think about it this way. Imagine if you're fucking Steve Austin, you know, and Vince comes up and says, hey, we're going to do this. And he he wondered, you know, hey, we want you to work with Jeff Jarrett. He said no, because that's not good for me. Well, then I guess Steve Austin's overrated. Mm. 
because he's doing what you said Brett was doing. But see, the problem is that name me a time that Brett Hart fucking sold tickets, like sold sold tickets like Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan. Well, tell me a time anybody did. Fucking John Cena. John Cena did not sell tickets like that. John Cena was in the WWE when it wasn't just one guy. Well, he was the guy that fucking ran the place. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, you know, when you're fucking selling the most t-shirts and shit. The only place that I will say that I... The only thing, the only time, the only thing I would say about Brett that I would say is, is, I guess, kind of an overrate. And, and I'm, again, I, I disagree with your opinion that he's overrated. Cause you know, I think he's one of the greatest ever. He's one of my favorites ever. Yeah, but, I understand that. But I will say that I do think that Brett does fall sometimes into the same category that you could put Flair in. Even though they're both fantastic, they did both have the same match a lot of the time. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that they did. They had their, you know, they, they, they did have kind of a formula to what they did. A lot of guys do. I, and I know that. But I'm saying that's... That's one of the. That's the only place where I could say I think that that maybe, unless unless he's at like WrestleMania or SummerSlam or something like that, Dwayne Johnson has the same match a lot. Right. Kyle's, Kyle's favorite wrestler, John Cena. He has the same match a lot. Okay, let me put it this way. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna fucking just go off here. Okay. So just bear with me for a minute. Bret Hart has done nothing but bitch over the last fucking 20 years about how fucking Vince McMahon screwed him. And that's the only thing that he's ever fucking held his hat on. That's the reason why he's still irrelevant today. Because he constantly bitches about it. He constantly bitches about the Montreal screw job. And the fact is that, guess what? When he left WWF, his time was up. People were tired of seeing Bret Hart. That's the reason why Vince fucking let him go. Because it, had he been at the level that Steve Austin or Shawn Michaels or fucking anybody else was, he would have done whatever to keep him. He comes to WCW. Yes, you can say that maybe the creative was fucking horrible. But you know what? Brett didn't fucking help the matters either. No, all he did was bitch and complain about WWF. Oh, they stole, they stole the title from me. Oh, they, they did this. They did that. I mean, fuck. And, and you want to talk about Aaron and I have had Aaron and I have had this conversation before, and he's he's he as far as that goes, as far as his personality goes, Brett is very much. And I I will say this, Kyle, and you you have to admit this, Brett is very similar in that respect to Mick Foley. In that, no, I give you that. In, in that Brett Hart and both fantastic performers, both amazing wrestlers, both guys we all like a lot. But in their personalities, they're very stuck on themselves. And I'm not saying. And they I, have a higher opinion of themselves than anyone else does. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe that's, and maybe that's the way I should put it. It's not that he's overrated, but he has a higher opinion of himself than what he fucking actually is. 
Because in Brett's eyes, he's fucking God. You watch, for example, you watch the fucking uh, Wrestling with Shadows. When Vince fucking tells him, he's like, oh, you know, hey, I want you to do this. He's like, well, that's kind of like uh, taking a gun and shooting my brains out from a character standpoint. It's like, fuck, give me a break, Brett. He is a little dramatic in that. <laughs> God damn it, man. Like, it's a fucking, it's a carnival show is what this is. And I'm sorry that you, you're not as popular as you once were or fucking thought you should be. But it's amazing how fucking every single time that he does a job and loses to somebody then it's well I'm supposed to get my win back next year but it never happened you know like with Hogan when Hogan fucking when they put the belt on Hogan which say what you want I think Yoko should have won it but right then there from Brett right and just kept it but that's say what you want for some reason Vince felt that Hogan needed to fucking come and be the champion and then it was, oh, I'm supposed to get my match back with Hogan. And, and then the... it was when he, when he lost to Sean. It was, well, next year I'm supposed to have my rematch with Sean. And like everybody said, like it wasn't always the fucking case, or if it was, shit changed. And I, th- I think that, that there is also a bias, I, I would say from a personal opinion, because, I mean, wrestling is art and art is subjective, but I think there's also a bias on my part disagreeing with you some because we're, we're all formed by our prime years, you know, and, and my prime wrestling fan years. I I mean, I was a fan as a kid, but as a kid, you don't get it. You just, it's wrestling and it's cool. My prime wrestling years were the nineties and in the WWF in the nineties, when business was down, Brett was the shit. It's kind of like you know. It's kind of like trying to tell a guy from the '70s that Bruno was overrated because I think Bruno's a bit overrated. Um, you're you're going to gravitate to what was your you know what do you see what I'm saying? No, like absolutely. you know, like kids kids that are that are my son's age now, 17. You know, he's like you know John Cena's the shit. You know, um, that's that's just. That's the deal. That's how they're gonna. That's how they're gonna look at. It. They're gonna look at it as what was cool when I was when I was in my young teen and young adult years. Um, so there is a bit of that too. I do have a bit of bias there too. Um, but I think that overall, I think Brett's career is a career worth standing on. And and you're right. He is bitter and or was for a lot of years. And he did ride that fucking. He made he made as much money off that Montreal screw job as he lost from it. Um and he he did he did beat that horse. But I think that overall, um and like I said, I can't wait to hear the to see the feedback from the listeners on this one. I can't wait for it either. Um but yeah, I think overall I I think that Brett's position in the history of the business is exactly where he should be. Just, I guess to me, it's like, okay, for a guy who claims that he's the excellence of execution and he goes out there and he works with every single person and by God, he's going to make, you know, make the person better than they were. Name me a match in WCW where he did that. I can't in WCW. I mean, <laughs> the best, the best match he had in WCW was against Benoit in the Owen Hart tribute match. He... Yeah, I would say that, and then um, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was. I think it was a Super Brawl, 
Maybe. No, it wasn't Super Brawl. Whenever he had that match with Henning, him and Henning had a really good match in WCW. But him and Henning could have a good match anywhere, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I, I his WCW career was, was definitely a letdown. That's for damn sure. Um, and that, that probably falls on him and WCW both. No, absolutely. And I'm My sure I'm sure that some of his perspective, you know, you think about it, if, if, if he was really that hung up on what happened in Montreal and, and leaving the WWF and all that, we don't know. I mean, you don't know. We didn't, The people didn't talk about it then like they do now. He, quite frankly, could have been suffering from depression. And I'm not saying that's not, and I'm not saying I don't feel bad for him. I'm not saying Bret Hart's a horrible wrestler. I like Bret Hart. I think he's a fantastic wrestler. I think he's one of the best. But in his mind, in a lot of people's minds, he's the fucking be-all, end-all. He's the fucking day begins and ends with Bret Hart. And I'm like, he's good. I like Bret. I'm fucking, I will enjoy any match that he has. But people refer to him like he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's like, eh. I... I don't think so, because you know when you stack up his his runs with you know like Hogan, even Cena, and I know Aaron made fun of me. He's like, oh, you know, John Cena fan. I am a fucking John Cena fan. The dude has been on fucking top for nearly what, almost twenty years since '05. So yeah, going on fifteen years. You know. God damn. I mean. Yeah, Brett and, Sean, Brett and Sean both have to. And again, like I said, that comes from me being a 90s dude. Brett and Sean both have to bear that that one a little bit in that neither one of them were. <clears throat> they were both big stars and they're both great wrestlers, but neither one of them were big draws. Neither one of them were, you know, so. All right. Fuck her. Taker wasn't even that big a draw until the last couple of years. Right. I mean, fuck, you know, I'm not saying I hate Brett. I'm not saying that I don't like Brett. That's not the point of any of this. I just think that that Brett took himself too serious in a business that is fucking what it is. It's pro wrestling. He wasn't a good promo. Yes, he was a phenomenal in-ring technician. But goddamn, so was Dean Malenko, and so was fucking Chris Benoit, and so was fucking a handful of other guys. I think Owen was a better fucking in-ring wrestler than what Brett was. You know, fucking look at Mr. Perfect. Kurt Henning was a fucking phenomenal. But why, just because you're a great in-ring technician doesn't mean that you are the fucking... The Com- man. Complete package. Yeah. You know, goddamn, there's a reason why Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin were the biggest fucking draws because they had everything there. And I don't think Brett had the charisma. Aaron? What? Anything else on this? I said my piece. <laughs> well, we will definitely throw that out to the Facebook group. I'm going to let Kyle take his heat. Once I post the thing, you have to. You need to post this <laughs> in the Facebook group because I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have fun watching, watching the fire. The these fire start. How's that? I'm going on Facebook right now. I'm posting. 
<laughs> okay, it's a preview well, of the they, show. They got fucked scared. I'll fucking <laughs> live with my sword, die with my sword. So now, on a lighter note, Aaron's creative juices were flowing, and he came up with some more comedic, comedic uh, gimmicks for us, like Dick the Loser <laughs> and the Blusher. <laughs> Having a gorilla too soon is the best. <laughs> I still love Dick the Loser. That's my dude. I know you do. Dick the Loser's I, my dude. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't put my stuff myself over that much. You know, like you're always like you're funnier and you think and all that other shit. You know, but <clears throat> yeah, gorilla too soon is my favorite. <laughs> Kyle, are you done posting? I'm posting right now. You go ahead. Um, no, I want your undivided attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, what do you got for us? Are we, are we on? We are on. All right. Um, I'm not gonna try. I'm gonna try to do these in not the order that I wrote them because I wrote them as I was. Working through a bottle, a bottle, a box of Bud. So <laughs> some of them might not be as okay, folks. I'm just full disclosure. When I write most of these gimmicks or come up with most of these gimmicks, I am hammered a little, like a nail. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, in my mind, they're super funny, and I laugh. And then there's been some that I woke up and been like that. That doesn't make any any sense. <laughs> like one I wrote, it was a it was a promoter that like would just not talk to anybody about anything if they weren't inside the wrestling business, and his name was Kayfabe Alan Fry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I tall, 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 awkward, skinny, and very secretive. Yeah. He, he, will protect the business and no I, I took that off my list. I took K Fabe Alan Fry off. Yes I, I should have left it. They never have meetings with K Fabe Alan Fry. It's always a miseating. <laughs> um so the first one that I left on my list is he's a big jacked up Samoan wrestler who's always telling you to shh be quiet. Shh be quiet. Do you know who he is? I do not. He's the librarian. <laughs> now, wait. That guy was in my tag team. Oh, man. Yeah, but you didn't make him Samoan. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the landlord and the librarian. That's all right. He can, he can be a singles wrestler now. <laughs> yeah, you had the librarian. I'm sorry. Be quiet. He's got to say it in the barbarian voice, though. Shh. Yeah. Be quiet. Be quiet. Hey, Tommy Young. Be quiet. You come here and give me a silent jack off. <laughs> come here, quietly jack me off. <laughs> um, the next one on my list. Kyle, you there, buddy? Yep. With us. All right. Um, he's an androgynous hillbilly. His name is Farm Dust. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to use a DDT, right? Yeah. <laughs> Androgynous. (laughs) 
You'll never forget the corn of farm dust. Dust, y'all. <laughs> y'all. I like the y'all at the end. Yeah. Farm dust, y'all. Y'all never forget the name of farm dust. <laughs> he comes out to some Nelly song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next wrestler, okay. He'd be using hoes nationwide. He's the sod father. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said no? No. You don't like that one? It's stupid. <laughs> They're all stupid. <laughs> he goes from town to town, making your lawn better. The sod father. <laughs> be using hoes nationwide. There are many landscapers up in this place. Light a fatty for this yard, daddy. <laughs> you like it. I can build off of anything. So. I know, you just can't say no. And that, that's stupid. Like, really? I just said an androgynous hillbilly named Farm That's fucking stupid. Ready for the next one? Ready. All right. This is a giant man baby who walks around in a giraffe onesie, and his name is George Granimal Steel. That beats Dick the Loser. <laughs> Mine! Onesie! That was the one that I was the most drunk. <laughs> that one's fucking great. I love it. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that one. I can tell you like that one. <laughs> George Granimal Steel. <laughs> Are you recovered? Yes, I'm I'm better now. Okay. Um the next one on my list is Mexican Rick Steiner. Just a Mexican guy looks like Rick Steiner. <laughs> There's actually a lot of Mexican guys that look like Rick Steiner. I know. <laughs> I did it. Meet you again. All right. The next guy on my list is the most relaxed professional wrestler there is. And his name is Paul Snow Soma. <laughs> what? What? His name. He's the most relaxed wrestler there is. And his name is Paul Soma. <laughs> Instead of Paul Roma? Yeah, it's Paul Soma. Uh, uh. Well, you don't like that? No. Like wrestlers take Somas. They take Somas. I, I know they do. It fucking killed Rick McGraw. He always said, I was going to say, every time he comes out to the ring, he's like got a face full of spaghetti sauce. Yeah, Paul Soma. <laughs> Fell asleep in his pasta. Yeah. Oh, Paul shit. Soma. All right. This next one is either 
You guys are either going to just be like, that's fucking retarded. <laughs> I shouldn't say that word. You're going to say it's either fucking stupid or you'll like it. Okay? Mm -hmm. The next guy, he's a middle-aged guy. You know, middle to late-aged man. <laughs> he only wears khakis. Okay? <laughs> Even when he wears, like, a t-shirt, like, he tucks his t-shirt into his khakis. Um... <laughs> hate shopping at the Walmart or the Target because it's always so busy and he's like you know what if I have to pay two dollars more for toilet paper I will I'm not going to the Walmart or the Target his name is VK Walgreens <laughs> that one was dumb <laughs> see that's the one where you should have said that was no <laughs> that deserved no okay so this wrestler, he has narcolepsy. All right. He'll be in the middle of his match and he'll just fall asleep. His name is Darren Dozdoff. Oh. Is that a Darren Drozdoff? Darren Dozdoff. What? Oh. It's not funny, or it's like, oh, you shouldn't make fun of Darren Drozdoff. No, fuck. That doesn't matter. Um, huh. You're not making fun of his disability or anything. Yeah. I told um, you we should. I told you we shouldn't have ended with this. Because <laughs> I, got, I got three. I got two more. Two more. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, this next wrestler, he has a flatulence problem. <laughs> okay? And it's really bad. Um, and his name is Poot Andrews. <laughs> I was, I was going to say fart bar. <laughs> no, Poot Andrews. <laughs> Oh, some people Andrew. might not even get that one. I know, it's a deep cut. Yes, Scoot it is. Andrew. For those of you that don't know, look up. There was a wrestler named Scoot Andrews. He was the black nature. Which actually, you could have called him the Scoot Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Last one, guys. The main He's event. A big man wrestler, all right? Big man wrestler with diabetes. <laughs> and his name is San Sam Sweet and Low. <laughs> what? <laughs> Instead of Bam Bam Bigelow? I made that joke last time. Did you? Yes. Yes. Oh. He didn't use it as he didn't he didn't base it on Bigelow. Well, yeah, you can edit that out. Big on Sweet and Low. Oh, well, edit it out. <laughs> no. No. I will be goddamn if you're going to edit shit out. <laughs> He's like, if I got to live with that hoovy garbage, you two are going to live with every goddamn mistake you make. <laughs> I didn't remember you making Sam Sam sweet and low. He didn't well, make Sam Sam sweet and low. It wasn't Sam. It was, I got to look it up and, and see what it was that I called it. But I don't know if that fucking speaks to the fact that you're not listening to me when I talk. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't think you listen to me when I fucking talk. You fell for it. <laughs> so I'm sorry my gimmick sucked. You guys can skewer me on Facebook. Oh Wait. no, that that Garanimals thing made up the whole thing. Like <laughs> if there were any nopes in there, the Garanimals won it. Garanimals deal. But you were like Herb Abrams a couple of times. Or not Herb Abrams, but uh, what was that promoter that had um, 
the ripoff, like Bruno San Martino. Jack Pepper? Yeah, you were like that guy a couple times because you stole a librarian and you stole a sweet low. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Whatever makes money, right? Whatever draws, right. brother. Yeah. Sam, Sam, sweet and low. So, my co-hosts, do we want to take a break before we talk about these musical artists? Oh, Sam, I forgot we were doing that. Yes, we are. I mean, I didn't forget to write them down. I just forgot we were doing that. Because my gimmicks were so awesome. I was like, well, it was my idea. Tootsie, fuck off. We're out. It was my idea, so I'm fucking not surprised that you didn't fucking Yeah, he probably wasn't listening. No, I saw that because it was in text. <laughs> do we want to take a break before we do that? I don't care. Sure. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. And uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite musical artists. I put down three. I put down three. Yeah, like top three. Um, and when we return, we'll have that for you here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. little pop culture coming up after the break. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We're going to wrap the show up this week with talking about sorry, some everybody. our sorry. favorite musical acts. But Kyle said he's got a couple of gimmicks for us. Yeah, there's two that I just came up with. I want to share them with you. Hopefully they're better than mine. All right. The first one is... Little Mr. T. He's the 8th, ninth, and 10th meal of the world. It's... Entree, the giant. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a good one. Gordon Ramsay loves him. Yeah. And then the last one, he's a big fan of fruit. He's a big fan of anything <laughs> chilled fruits. He's fruitista. <laughs> fruitista. I actually I have, feeling, I have a feeling you were putting a frozen entree in the microwave <laughs> while drinking a pizza, and that's how he came up with it. <laughs> I heard it a big coming and a bing. Actually, me. you know what? It was actually funnier, like the frutista. That's funny, but it was funnier yet the hype for him. He's a big fan of fruit. He's frutista. <laughs> Or Batista in a big onesie, the Garanimal Batista. Taking it back Batista, to. He you your coffee in a timely manner. He's the barista. <laughs> barista. Did you do the Garanimal Batista because I took your librarian? <laughs> no, I was just trying to do a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, since you uh, came up with this ideal, mm-hmm. we'll let you start. Okay. Three favorite musical artists. Well, it's going to be very fast and very quick because, like I said, I'm not. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Getting the ladies ready for this segment. Hell yeah. <laughs> so think about it, because this is what I listen to when I make love. Fucking <laughs> real fast. Ooh. <laughs> uh, number, number one is, and again, I'm sure there's there's people out there that know, and if you know, good for you. Uh, number one is Cannibal Corpse. Number two is uh... <laughs> Did you forget? No. <laughs> I was fucking thinking about the whole fattest thing. Uh, <laughs> cattle decapitation and number three is the Black Dahlia murder. See? <sighs> I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> tut, 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 goodbye. <laughs> cannibal corpse fucking show has gone off the rails see i find myself on the fence with cannibal corpse because they will do stuff that because i'm not you know i'm not a i'm not a uh a death metal or thrash metal fan a lot of the time but they do do some songs that i enjoy but I get on the fence about them. And I think that's more just a... It's not necessarily that, they're, that I don't think they're a good band. I just... It's a flavor thing, you know? You prefer your flavors. Yep. Absolutely. And, and they... But they do... They have done a few tunes that I dig. Um, Black Dahlia Murder, to be honest, I don't know that I've ever heard them. They're pretty good. Like I said, they're more... They're more, I guess you would say grindy than death metal if that makes any sense mm-hmm. like they're a little bit more faster I don't know who they are <laughs> well what do you have Aaron oh I'm going next mm-hmm. um, my list is vastly different than Kyle's <laughs> I'm just going to say that and not that Kyle's list is bad. This is my thing. Like, like I don't, I don't judge people on the form of music that they listen to. Well, music's like wrestling; it's art. You know, art's yeah, subjective. Like, like I, I, I will judge somebody off who they think is funny. You know, <laughs> like I will judge you off comedy. Like if somebody comes up to me and goes, "Carrot Top is hilarious," <laughs> fuck out, <laughs> get fucking fuck, fuck out, yeah, go piss up a I'll rope. Be that, I'll keep saying that until they get. The fuck out of here! You know? I really like somebody, Andy Dick. Or if somebody comes nope. up and, huh? He's like, you really like Andy Dick? Fuck, fuck you! <laughs> you know? Or oh, oh, Adam Sandler's a comedic genius. No, he isn't. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! You know that type of thing. Or you know, um, I'll I'll judge somebody by their hairstyle. Like you know. You, you have terrible hair and choice of clothing. <laughs> I'll judge you on that. You know, no, but I'm not going to judge you on what music you like. It's all subjective. And what? Nothing. I have things I judge people about. It's their comedy, their choice in hairstyle and clothing. Because <laughs> I, I, other people have to list, look at you, <laughs> you know? But they don't have to listen to you, your music in the car, yes, unless they're in it with you, and and that's that was their choice. You chose to get in the car, you know. 
with the guy with the mullet and the eye who farted. So now you have to listen to fucking rat. Yeah, now you have to listen to that. You chose this situation. So you, you got like, you got you me. Like, I'll, I'll walk. I'll, I'll walk, Ed. You know. I'll, but anyway, you got me yeah. off on a thing here. Hold on, before you go on, I want to say this, and I want to make it emphatically clear. I am. I, I have a. If if anybody looks at my Spotify or my MP3s, I have a very vast array of musical. Um, Taste. I go from Patsy Cline to Metallica, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Hair rock is the worst form of music ever fucking created. <laughs> Rat, White Snake, all that fucking garbage that I had. That's why I don't listen to 98.9 The Bear in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Because they play the same goddamn six hair rock songs. Hey, you know who else is overrated? Fucking Van Halen's overrated. Eddie Van Halen's an amazing guitar player, and that's where it ends. Anyway, go go ahead, Aaron. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I kind of went off on a rant about mullets and who farted first. <laughs> Adam Sandler, Andy Dick, and Carrot Top. So, I have a couple honorable mentions because I, I'm I'm I really like music and um the guys the main guys on my list are all singles I shouldn't say singles one of them's a, a leader of a band or was the leader of a band um, but um, my honorable mentions and it's people that how do I say it? might not necessarily be my favorite musicians but they um i don't like they speak to me you know what i mean yeah uh, okay you know like i really like you too but bono wouldn't be on my list that type of thing but right. anyway it's um the two honorable mentions one band is the ramones i love the ramones i don't think they ever did anything that was bad mm -hmm. and it, the other guy is dr dre and Dr. Dre's on my, was on my list, or was going to be on my list, because I think that dude is, is like, and I'm not a musical person. I have no musical talent in my body whatsoever. Kyle, you do. I've seen it. Um, but like Dr. Dre, I think is, is he's a talented motherfucker. Yes. Like like he can. He's like he's the best hip hop producer in the world. Yeah, and and he and he can. He can he can rap he can write he can produce he he, he can manage he's a, he's actually like um, Bobby Heenan of rap music like because we're saying honorable mentions and I only wrote down three here Dre would be in my honorable mentions because he is um he is on my list of top ten ever yeah, for anything awesome. like the guy's, the guy's awesome and one of my favorite stories is like. He started trying to be like, you know, not like dirty gangster rap anymore. Mm -hmm. And the money started drying up. And his wife was like, you need to go back to that gangster rap shit. But you better not bring that back up in his house. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just really like that story. You know? like We went from driving fucking Mercedes and shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, not in any particular order. And like I said, these guys speak to me, and we can. If I'll say the name, if you guys want to elaborate on it, you can, or we can plow through it like we did Kyle's list. Not knocking your list. I'm just saying, I don't know how you guys exactly want to do this, 
But the first guy on my list would be uh, Bob Dylan. I'm a fan of Bob Dylan as a lyricist. I'm not a fan of his music, if that makes sense. It does. I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of his lyrics. I know a lot of people don't like his voice and all that, but I don't mind it. I think it. It's it's it. I almost said it was spoken word with music, but you know what? I it's that makes no sense. Yeah, no, it does. It absolutely does. And like that. That is how I feel about. Like, one of my favorites, again, not in this three that I have written down, but he'd be in my top ten, is is Tom Petty. And some people feel that way about Tom Petty. They don't like his voice. I like it. You know, for his music, it fits. And I love his lyrics. And, I mean, I think Tom Petty's the shit. And, and yeah, as... Tangled Up in Blue is one of my, like, it's in my top ten favorite songs of all time. Mm -hmm. And, And It Ain't Me, Babe is an amazing song because it just depends on the tone and the candor of how you sing it. Right. Like when Johnny Cash and, um, June and June sing it, you know, it's like a love song or whatever. But like (laughs) when Dylan sings it, it's a, it's a, it's a diss. (laughs) Yeah. Ain't me, babe. No, go away. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. It's good shit. Um, but yeah, I just I I love Bob Dylan. I love him. Kyle, you got an opinion on Bob Dylan? I like Bob Dylan. All right. Um, anything else? No. All right. Next guy on my list is James Brown. James Brown. Goddamn right, James Brown. <laughs> Second best. Performer in music history, in my opinion, second best music performer, and it's a and it might even be an A one and a and an A two with the net with one of the next guys I'm gonna say. But James Brown was fucking amazing. His Get up off of that thing. Was, yeah, his entire life was amazing. <laughs> the big payback is like one of the it's it's in my top twenty songs. I love that fucking song. Mm-hmm. Um. Get up off of that thing. Everything about it. Good foot. It's all good shit, man. And I just, I just love James Brown. He, he, and like, he was like, I don't think he was a person. I think that dude was like the one alien that made it here and lived. <laughs> he was awful shiny. <laughs> and fucking insane, man. Insane. <laughs> but I love James Brown. Um, the next guy on my list is, um, he is my favorite musician of all time, is Johnny Cash. And he was on and, my list. And Nate, you know, I know, like, you know, he died or whatever, but like, Johnny Cash is great. But Nate, you know, he's known me since yeah. I was born. Aaron and I have been, Aaron and I have been Johnny Cash fans since we were little dudes. Yes, he was awesome. Um, I, I promise you this, listeners of the show. If there was no Johnny Cash, there never would have been um, possibly punk music, definitely grunge music. Johnny yeah. Johnny Cash's music was the first music that was... What do I want to say? It, him and, and probably Robert Johnson were the 
the pioneers of angst-filled music. I mean, as far as as far as mass-produced music goes, I mean, obviously, uh, spirituals from from the unfortunate people that were slaves. I mean, that's you know, you can go back that far. But I'm saying, as far as modern music goes, Johnny Cash and Robert Johnson set the foundation for rock and roll. And yeah, Johnny Cash was definitely on my list because like I said, without his existence, there is the existence there's less possibility of the existence of what we know as rock and roll today. And uh, oh, go he ahead. also um this will this will put the ball back in kind of you and Kyle's court cuz this is like your thing. Like when 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 he remade Hurt you know, uh-huh. like Trent Reznor was like, well, that's Johnny Cash's song now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's just it. That's same, just same song with, now. same with Rusty Cage. Yeah. Uh, Soundgarden, Soundgarden was like, that's his song now. <laughs> yeah. I think Trent Reznor was like, you know, when he, when I first heard that he was doing it, it was like kind of watching somebody fuck my girlfriend. And then after I heard it, I said, well, I just fucking lost my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And and he never he was never not good. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know I mean, like like even like I'm not I'm not even saying like he was there was times when he was a bad person, like a bad human being. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was not always the best guy in the world. But musically wise, he was never not good. Right. Like up until he stopped recording music, like he did like those albums with like Rick Rubin, and he went back to his his like where, like the house that he was born in, and it had like a dirt floor and set shit up in there, and recorded with like Tom Petty and all these other people, and it was fucking amazing. Yes, and it's an amazing picture of him from like I'm assuming it's the mid to like the mid '60s. And he's just like sitting out in like this shrubbery, just eating cake, <laughs> and you can tell he's just pilled out of his fucking mind. And this is a great picture, but any that's beyond the point. But I just I love the guy. Like I've never met him, but I love him. One of the greatest of all time. Like I said, he was on my list, so I'll knock him off of that. All right, and I well, then I have two more, and then I'm done. Um. The next one on my list, and well, on my list is dead. That's fucked up. I just realized that. Um, the next guy on my list is Warren Zevon. I like Mr. Zevon. I love Warren Zevon. In my opinion, like his music is the best story music. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just it's amazing the stories that he tells. Things to do in Denver when you're dead is great. Um. Uh, rolling someone, rolling the headless Thompson Gunner hit someone, um, excitable boy, like <laughs> excitable boy, is the most like the lyrics are so fucking twisted, mm-hmm. but it's like like I I put on another Facebook page and some other people put up their opinions, but I was like, is there a more twisted upbeat song ever than excitable <laughs> boy like one of the other things is like 
he raped her and killed her, then he took her home. And then like, he's just so excited about it. <laughs> just an excitable boy. Build a cage with her bones. Yeah, sorry, I messed the line up. But he's like, he raped her and killed her, then build a cage with her bones. Excitable boy, they all said. And he's just like flamming his piano. It's so fucking funny. It's so goddamn. Like, it pisses. I shouldn't say it pisses me off because, like I said, music is music. The fact that most people are just like, oh, yeah. Werewolves, Werewolves of London. London's great, man. It's like there's so much fucking better shit out there. But Werewolves of London resulted in a fantastic comedic moment. Yeah, we talked about it before. That, Kyle, do you ever watch, did you ever watch the Larry Sanders show? No. <clears throat> it was a show that Gary Shandling had on HBO back in the early 90s, okay? And he played Larry San Larry Sanders, so he was like a Johnny Carson or a Conan O'Brien, a, a late night talk show host. And they would have guests on the show, and it would literally be the stars. Like the stars would actually make guest appearances on the show to be on his fictional talk show. Okay. So it, they do this episode where Warren Zevon is one of the guests, and it's 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 one of my favorite comedic moments in television history, and no words are spoken. In the moment, they go through the production meeting and everything. Warren Zevon's going to be on the Larry Sanders show. And Larry's like, you know, do you have anything, you know, you want to talk about or anything? And Warren's like, well, frankly, everywhere I go, everything I do, people always want me to do Werewolves of London. I'm kind of tired of it kind of tired of singing it. I'd like to do something off my new album. And Larry's like, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So they get on live TV, and Larry Sanders is going to introduce Warren Zevon, and he goes, all right, you know, it's live TV. <laughs> he goes, here to sing his massive hit, Werewolves of London, <laughs> Warren Zevon, and the look they give each other <laughs> is fucking... <laughs> I don't know. You have to see it, but it is one of the greatest comedic moments in television history. Because Warren Zevon gives him the most you motherfucker look. And Larry Sanders gives him back the, eh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, now that I've gone on that diatribe. Aaron? Yeah. Sorry, I, um... I know, you've heard me tell that story a million times, so you're like, hey, whatever. Yeah, and I've seen the show a thousand times. But the last guy on my list is um, the greatest front man in music history, and it's Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Queen is also not on my... They're on my um, honorable mentions here. But as a band, and then Freddie most definitely as a vocalist. Um I'm not even saying as a I'm saying as a fucking performer. Oh man. yeah, absolutely. And if you want to hear and the first the first thing I'll say is listen to um listen to somebody to love. I mean, fuck. And then besides that, something that doesn't get brought up enough is <clears throat> on another one bites the dust. One of Freddie's best music, to me, one of Freddie's best best vocal performances is Another One Bites the Dust at the point where he builds his voice and then he comes out with like the shrieking Freddie Mercury voice near the end of the song. 
is like the toy at the bottom of a fucking Happy Meal. Like, everything about this was great. I got me a cheeseburger and some fries. I got me some apples. Oh, there's a fucking toy at the bottom of this box, too. And he just destroys it in that fucking... I love that. Freddie Mercury's voice is like... It's like butter. God damn. Make it sound fucking amazing. (laughs) I know, I should have been in marketing. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it is like you listen, like I said, listen to the back half of that song when he starts wailing and it is, I mean, it's just, it's a surprise and Queen didn't do anything bad in my opinion. We're talking about music and I just, I don't know what made me think. Wrestling lyrics make no sense. (laughs) I like to pick (laughs) them. I like to stick (laughs) them. Yeah. Like, Like here. Okay. Listen. Make some noise! Exclamation point. X Pac! Exclamation point. <laughs> you think you can tell us what to do? Yeah. You think you can tell us what to wear? Ha ha! Wear it down. You think you're better? Well, yeah. Well, you better get ready to bow to the masters. Break it down. Suck it! Suck it! Exclamation point. <laughs> Generate into something, fool. I just got tired of doing what you told me to do. But that's the brakes, boy. Yeah, that's the brakes, little man. You tell him. <laughs> break X-Pac. it down. No, there's no break it down. Oh, X-Pac. not in the Xbox theme. Okay. Xbox putting more mind to Xbox putting more mind to it. Stop. Speak my mind. Keeps on rocking the bottom line. Suck it to tears in the bucket. <laughs> yeah, hate him to love it. I'm not the one you tried your luck with. Hit hard like brass knuckles. See your face through the turnbuckles, dude. <laughs> Got no love for you. Make some noise. <laughs> Degeneration X. Who's going to kick your ass? Degeneration X. X-Pac. X-Pac. Who's going to kick your ass? Degeneration X. Who's going to kick your ass? Degeneration X. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Built to, to destroy you and your boys. Mother, mother, make some noise. <laughs> that's even your. That's even if you're paranoid. McGeezel that body, keep it <laughs> rocking, and tell someone how it feels, and let you know the deal. I'm one of the illest that never have stepped. I demolish opponents and knock out the ref. X Pac, I'm gonna kick your ass, X Pac. Like he just told himself he's gonna kick his ass. Be what I wanna be, but 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 wanna be, be be someone else. Put it away, put it away. Like a book on a shelf you can read that, yeah, you can read, boy. <laughs> suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Yeah, that's the damn breaks, little man. Ha, ha, ha. Suck it, Degeneration X. Into something, fool. I just got tired of doing what you told me to do, but that's the breaks, boy. Yeah, that's the breaks, little man. You tell him. X-Pac, putting mind, mind to it, stops. Speak my mind. Keep on rocking the bottom line. Suck it. Two tears in a bucket. Yeah. Hate to love it. I'm not the one they tried their luck with. Hit hard like brass knuckles. See your face through the turnbuckle. I got no love for you, X-Pac. And it just keeps going. (laughs) It's fucking horrible. That song makes absolutely no fucking sense. (laughs) Oh, God. 
I am gonna like, ice. I am gonna isolate you. <laughs> I am gonna isolate that track of you reading that like spoken word though, because that might replace I... Tootsie. <laughs> you reading the lyrics to the Xbox theme might replace Tootsie as our out. <laughs> I stumbled a little bit though. So did he. <laughs> suck it. Even suck, his suck fucking... it. Suck it. Like, it really does that. <laughs> suck it, Even suck his suck fucking it. theme song had to go away. He... That song makes no sense. Two tears in a bucket. Fuck like luck it. I'm not the I'm not the one you tried to ruck with. Luck. Uh. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, verse three is really suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. <laughs> oh man. But sorry, I didn't mean to Step over your list. Was yours over? <laughs> yeah, it was about okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now we come to to my tops, and um, I have I have a couple of honorable mentions myself. I I had put Queen as an honorable mention, and I had put Dr. Dre as an honorable mention as as a hip-hop artist, and a producer. <clears throat> Another one, Kyle, this will be completely out of your wheelhouse because um, I know you're not a big um, country fan. And I'm not a huge... I'm not a huge country fan either. I especially don't like modern country. I think country should sound like country. Like country should sound like honky-tonk music, you know? <laughs> but uh, somebody that's on my list, I think, Aaron, you might agree, fantastic vocalist, performer, country artist is Dwight Yoakam. Yes. Dwight Yoakam. But he also falls in that same category that we talked about with uh, Bob Dylan or Tom Petty or even like a Tom Waits, you know, where the music's great and everything, but some people don't hear it because they can't get past the voice. I just can't stand his voice. It's yeah. like, well, listen to what he's saying, you know. Yeah. And I love his voice. I, I actually, too. he's one of my favorite country voices um, just like with modern country, I think that, um, and I'll get back to Dwight Yoakam, but I think that in modern country, the best modern country artist on the planet right now is Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. Because I like his voice, therefore I like his songs. Yeah. Um, but Dwight Yoakam is... Is country music, he is country music the way that country music should be past 1985. Like, there isn't a lot of good country music past 1985 because it's not country, it's pop. Dwight, Yo Dwight Yoakam does country music the way country music should be presented, and I think it's, it's really good. Yeah. Now, and, oh, go ahead. Um, uh, I talk about modern people. I like like. There's not a lot of modern country music. There's like two, <laughs> but I like Eric Church. I like mm -hmm. him. He's all right, and that's about it. But the the person that ruined country music, like he killed and ruined country music, is Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> 
when he, Garth Brooks showed up, he murdered and destroyed and killed country music because he made it poppy and mainstream. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to see my my fat ass country musician like flying through the air like he does at his <laughs> concerts. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Fucking asshole. Well, your stupid shirts and yeah. Three on my list was Cash. Fuck the, Garth Brooks. The actual three. Fuck Garth Brooks and fuck Chris Gaines. I don't yeah. even know. I don't even know who Chris Gaines is. He's Garth Brooks. Chris? Oh. Yeah. He created That's when he wanted to become like a rock star. Oh, he made an alternate personality thing. And he was like trying to like suck in his face. His fast <laughs> <in> face. <laughs> so I had Cash. He also, he also created one of the worst 90s trends ever. And it was like those those double colored shirts. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah, the, 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 the shirts that the... When 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 um, line dancing country bars became a thing in the nineties, yeah. those were the shirts that everybody wore. Yeah, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> so Johnny Cash was on my list. We already talked about him of the three. He's in my top three. Um, the other one. Okay, the 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 next one on my list is, and I just got the. I just got the privilege of, of driving my happy ass all the way to Louisville, Kentucky this week to see this band in concert because seeing them in concert was on my bucket list. And that is Maynard James Keenan and Tool. I love their music. <laughs> I'm glad you were like, I love Tool. Because I'm not a fucking idiot that's going to fall into that trap. <laughs> <laughs> but Tool is... is Tool is <laughs> Tool is one of my favorite bands of all time. They're my second favorite band of all time, and they. I don't know if he. I really don't know if either one of you is a big fan. I don't think we've ever discussed this band, the three of us. I'm not a huge fan. They have a couple songs, like you know, that I heard you listen to or whatever. That I was like, that's not too bad. But I can't hate on anybody that likes Bill Hicks. So yeah, <laughs> their 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 song and Kyle Kyle, you might actually be more of a fan of Tool than Aaron is. And I don't know I if you I don't know if you are or not. There's that oh, one song where he's like Jesus wants his fucking whistle. That's uh, sober. Yeah, I like that song. One of their songs. How could you not like a song where the guy's like, Jesus wants his fucking whistle? Like, I don't even know what that means. Their song, to me, their song Schism is a masterpiece. It's a rock and roll masterpiece. That sounds nasty. <laughs> well, it's not. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm just saying the name. <laughs> Schism. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something like, they find on like SVU, and that's how they found the culprit. <laughs> they traced it back from his schism. We got DNA from your schism, Charlie. We know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you get a chance to listen to the song, if you get a chance to listen to the song, do yourself a favor and do it because it's amazing. Oh, I will, but <laughs> I didn't um, let that go. So, Kyle, do you have anything else on? Uh... That band named Tool. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not stepping in the fucking dick joke puddle here. <laughs> you know, step 
schism. <laughs> Got that all over you. <laughs> and then my favorite band of all time. That I want to say this because for those of you younger listeners that are that have probably tuned out because we're not talking about anything you listen to, but anyway. For those of you long, younger listeners that listen to this show, and there are a few of you, age is a weird thing. As you age, things about you change, opinions change. And Aaron knows this. There was a time in the 90s when I was a youth that I thought in my mind that Nirvana was my favorite band. And... As time has gone on, as I have grown, as my tastes have changed, as my tastes have grown, and as I look back on things now, Nirvana is still one of my favorite bands, probably in my top 20, but they're not my favorite band. They're a bit overrated. Um, they suffer from the fact that Kurt Cobain died very young. Uh, they didn't I'll do I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it because we got home like a... I don't even remember what we got home from. And Nate was like, man, they're playing a lot of Nirvana on MTV. And I looked at him and I was like, I bet that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm just a little fucker. And I was all I'm about always, Nirvana back then. And, I, and, and Kyle, this might be hard to believe, but I've always been, like, a little antagonist. <laughs> no. Yeah. You? So, yeah, so they're playing, like, all these Nirvana videos. Nate's like, yeah, a lot of Nirvana on MTV. I was like, that motherfucker's dead. <laughs> and then Nate's like, no, he isn't. And then Kurt Loder comes on the TV all sad. He's like, Kurt Cobain has committed suicide. I'm like, ah, I told you that motherfucker was dead. And then Nate was all upset the rest of the day. <laughs> it was devastating for In this fucking... Room, just it was... listening to Teen Spirit. <laughs> It was devastating for 16-year-old me. Calling his buddy Bill on the landline. <laughs> like, can you believe what happened? <laughs> boop, boop. Oh, man. I think Grandma's calling. I gotta go. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I gotta feed the rabbit anyway, Bill. I'll talk to you later, man. <laughs> I'm going to put on a plaid shirt and cry. <laughs> For the first time ever, I understand Cure's music. <laughs> ah, okay. Morrissey was right. <laughs> Go ahead. I will never dance again. <laughs> Go ahead. Friday, I'm in love. Um... <laughs> But my favorite band of all time, my favorite musical artists of all time, now, is most definitely Pearl Jam. They got around Pearl Jam. I, Pearl Jam. I, I really liked them back then, but as time has gone on, I appreciate their music much more now. And they've grown as a band as I've grown as a person and I, Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam is my absolute, like, hands down, period. I don't think it's ever going to, the opinion's ever going to change again. They're my favorite band ever. So. And you know what I like about them? They they were like, you know what? You can only have so much money. Right. You know? And, like, they were like, 
why do we need to deal with Ticketmaster? And Ticketmaster is like, how else do you expect to get your tickets out? And they're like, we'll just we're send Pearl them Jam. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll we're fucking send Pearl Jam. Out, you just get on PearlJam.org or whatever, and we'll just send them to you. Mm-hmm. And like, like they were just like, go ahead and download our shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And or like they'll just. <clears throat> show up at a bar and just start a concert and from what i've heard obviously i've never been involved in it but like they just show up somewhere yeah and just start playing and shit they don't take themselves all serious like fucking metallica right oh yeah you know, absolutely that, that, that might be you know i know it's a they're talking about the wrestling thing like you know unpopular opinion if you know what my opinion of metallica is fucking hate them <laughs> I don't hate their I don't music. Like I I don't like their music. They I have like three songs that I like, and other than that, it's like get off the fucking stage. I don't hate their music. I don't think that they are. They're fucking Mick Foley, man. They're, yeah, they're definitely they, overrated. They think they're way better than what they are. Fuck Metallica and Garth Brooks. But back to Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> um. I do though. I I just I the lyrics, the music. I mean, they have, and they they're still my favorite band. And they have a couple of bummers too. Like, I really don't like the No Code album. It's it's kind of boring. And and sometimes they do go off on that kind of a boring tangent. Like the music's all very slow, and you want it to pick up a little bit. But overall, to me, their body of work is amazing. And they are they are my favorite band of all time. And. Yellow Leadbetter is one of the best songs of all time, even though I don't have a goddamn clue the lyrics of it. I just made up my own lyrics to it. Yeah. And I'll read that one next week. The the lyrics to Yellow Leadbetter? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to say to pick another wrestling theme, and I'll read in a couple weeks or next show or whatever. If you want me to read Yellow... yellow Red Bastine. <laughs> yeah, yellow Red Bastine, I will. <laughs> keep keep the wrestling theme going here. Yellow Red Bastine by Pearl Jam. <laughs> that's, that's the Asian Red Bastine. He was good friends <laughs> with Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> well, I like that uh, uh, old lady behind the counter. Oh yeah, that song's fucking fantastic. Black yeah. is Black is amazing too. Yeah. Black's an amazing song. Like. I don't know, Kyle. You're we're, you're kind of getting drowned out here. Do you have an opinion on PJ? Oh, I love fucking some Pearl Jam. Me and the That's kids, me and my kids, <laughs> me and my kids when when they were younger, <clears throat> they and your children are a reflection of you people. Um, my kids are twenty and seventeen, and they both know who fucking Eddie Vedder is, and they know both know who Pearl Jam is because I raised them fucking right. But anyway. We used to have days, like, they thought it was fucking funny as hell. We used to have days when they were little where I'd be like, all right, it's Eddie Vedder Day, and we would all be around the house like, hey, Daddy, can I get a grilled cheese? <laughs> and we just talk yeah. like we just talk like Eddie Vedder for an hour, you know? It was fucking fun. Like, you don't... Know, you know, <laughs> girl. What I really did that I didn't like was, I, I, I don't know why, but that goddamn remake of Last Kiss, mm. it's fucking horrible oh see i love it i can't i can't i, I like the original ver- it might be because i like the the cavaliers or whatever's version of it so much mm-hmm. like i just cannot listen to that song i, lo- I think eddie vetter's i think eddie vetter's voice does it justice 
And I, it might be because, like, a girl I was dating at the time, like, loved it and played it all the time. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to leave you. And then she left me. Probably because I was just like, if you keep playing this goddamn song, I'm going to leave you. And then she and, was like, you have anger issues. You're mad about a song. And then, you, and, and then you were like, oh, where, oh, where could my baby be? <laughs> like, I had this buddy that told this girl, she listened to Barbie Girl all the time. Mm-hmm. You know that song, I'm a Barbie girl. Yep. In Barbie world. And he told her, he was like, if you pull up to my house one more time and you're playing that Barbie Girl song, I'm going to get in your car. I'm going to eject it out of your CD player. I'm going to snap it in half and I'm going to break up with you. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and she pulled up to his... <laughs> we were all on the porch and she pulled up and she was blaring that song. It's like, let's go Barbie. Let's go party. <laughs> <laughs> and he... Well, he ejected the CD, broke it in half, <laughs> threw it in the street, and said, "We're fucking done." <laughs> well, at least he fucking lived up to his promise. And we were all like, "God damn, God!" <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. He's like, "We are fucking done." <laughs> Frothing hand. <laughs> shit <happened> that. <laughs> oh uh, fuck. I think I've I think I've redeemed myself from my poor, horrible performance at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so th- that's the pop culture edition of <laughs> the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And I, before we wrap things up, let's go ahead and make the announcement. During our last break, we actually I did I wrote down five random pay per views. Aaron picked a number one through five. And we will be watching AWA Super Clash 2. The fuck we will. (laughs) (laughs) We will be watching Survivor Series 1988 on the next edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll talk about that pay-per-view. Do you guys want to know what you missed out on? Sure. In Your House 2. Yeah. Super Brawl 91. That's the one with Flair and Fujinami. That's a good show. ECW Heatwave 98. And then I was hoping, just for comedic purposes, that you would pick five because for number five, I wrote. No, but it's available on YouTube. It's not a WWE network thing. I picked that Heroes of Wrestling pay per view. I would have. I would have. I need to take the week off. I'm taking the week off. I'm watching that. Oh, shit. But yeah, we will be watching Survivor Series 1988 on our next pay-per-view review. And, and uh, I, feel, I have a feeling that this will be a lot of... Uh, we're going to have a lot of jokes about like you know funny things the commentators say and everything. Because Survivor Series, I like it, but it can be kind of... It can be kind of plotting. So. Yeah, it can be kind of tedious the way the matches are structured. Yes. Try to bring my humor game, y'all. Well, on that note, Kyle, do you have anything else for our listeners this week? Nope. Guys, have a great week. And hopefully you interact with Kyle's uh, post on the Facebook group, which is already up there before we've even uh, released the episode. So it's going to be fun. Aaron, anything else for the listeners? Just if either one of you guys or anybody on the Facebook page think of a, uh, a wrestling theme you would like me to read. 
I'll do that. That, that or if you more fun than I thought it was. That or if you ever have any ideas for uh, maybe top tens or anything you want us to do, go ahead. Um, the last one we did the underrated tag teams. One of our listeners, Mike Herrick, actually came up with that one. So we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate um, uh, any support you give us, and uh, thank you for being part of the We Can't Wrestle community. You want to you offend us with cash? <laughs> to quote carpet. to quote Mr. Bobby Heenan. <laughs> He can just throw it on the carpet. carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Nate's address is... (laughs) Cash in an envelope ain't going to offend me. You don't need to write a check. My wife works at a bank. We can work this out. (laughs) Route number and everything. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Western Union, motherfucker. Anyway. (laughs) That being said, let me start Tootsie, since you guys don't have anything else, and we'll get on with the uh, goodbyes here you want to hear tootsie hold on kyle say goodbye to your fans you should have said it like death metal like goodbye aaron don't be a dick say goodbye to your fans bye bye Have a good time. Have a good day. I never loved you. Bye. (laughs) And I will say goodbye to you listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We appreciate your support. Join the Facebook group if you're not already there. Join the conversation. And listen to the Motley Soup podcast. I forgot to mention that. And uh, it's actually probably part of my marriage agreement. So listen to the Motley Soup podcast as well. Hit that up. Um... Other than that, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll see you next time around with our review of Survivor Series 1988 and more than likely a lot more bullshit. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.